Welcome to Halo Drop. I'm your host, Vishal Gurbakshani. I'm joined by Sneel Verma and Krishna Subramanian. We're going to talk about what makes things exciting in India and how we can bring that in cross-border to America. Hey, everyone. I am Krishna and joined by two good friends, Vishal Gurbakshani and Sunil Verma. How's it going, guys? Happy Tuesday. Super excited. Great. What's on your mind, Michelle? No, now that um, now that all of us are just kind of working from home and we're just all remote, um, and it's going to be like that for the foreseeable future. Because even when they come out with the vaccine, I think there was an analysis I was reading the other day, and it said that by the time it's going to take for the world to be vaccinated, it's going to take two to three years, three years at the earliest. So it's kind of scary because it looks like first world countries are still are going to get the vaccine the first, and then third world countries. Um, it's just going to be a very, very long process. And then on top of that, one vaccine is not going to be enough. You're going to have to get a vaccine and then you're going to have to get a booster for that second one. But you know, the flip side of that though, is that now because everyone's in this kind of more isolated atmosphere, people are thinking of just traveling some more and, and really just getting connected to nature. I find like, I think you mentioned this too, so, you know, like, you know, just walking around nature without any music, without anything just really grounds you. Um, and I think people now, like millennials, I think were just originally focused on these experientials, right? How do you get more experienced? How do I not buy consumer goods, but really focus on the experiences? But now the world's kind of rethinking that. And I think that's where this whole idea around how do I basically go in and connect with wilderness, whether it be through backpacking, foraging. I know all three of us did a whole perspective on how do you survive, which was pretty exciting and fun. So I think people, how do you how do you reconnect to nature? And that's something that as a macro trend has been fascinating. I know people have been launching Kickstarter campaigns to create bubble hotels. Um, so now people are going to like Zion, which is a big popular park in, in the LA area. Um, and you can almost imagine that now happening in India where people are like, hey, let's figure out ways we can create experiences for folks uh, in a way that's scalable in a way that's, that works for millennials. Um, I think that could be pretty exciting. But I think really the question is, you know, now... Now, I think the experience economy was already being talked about a few years ago, but now with COVID and working from home, I think it's now kind of at a, at a, at a turbocharged perspective as well. Well, I mean, we've done some awesome experiences. Like, you know, I think back to some of the excitement that we used to have when we could uh, run around and hug each other and high five. Um, you know, what was it? The, the NASCAR racing was definitely pretty exciting, even though I thought I was going to die. That was scary. Yep. Or, or when Sunil hopped on a MIG fighter jet and he thought he was going to die. I think that that adrenaline was definitely pumping for, for each of us in those scenarios. I, I think one of the, uh, one of the, the awesome experiences that I think we had earlier this year uh, prior to, to COVID was uh, when we were, got to go to that Miravale resort. And so being in that sort of environment where it's a health and wellness resort, putting your phone in a sleeping bag, it was kind of an interesting concept where, you know, you literally just turn the, you're disconnecting and you're truly disconnecting and you put your phone to sleep it was an interesting concept. But I think doing a lot of the other things in there that we might not typically do, uh, like horse meditation, floating yoga, just, you know, different sorts of experiences tied to that um, was a great time. And I feel like that was an awesome sort of bonding experience with the team, you know, not just those activities, but also a lot of the the martial arts and and just sort of knowing where you you are within your within your element and how you take those things back into conversation. Oh, I, you, you brought up something super interesting. I, I think that the concept of an experience when we're all really rethinking where we travel, 
um, and almost bringing those experiences home. I've been listening or reading about folks that are converting their backyard to like a different, like a camping experience because they can't go to Hawaii or just, you know, switching off your phone or just getting people are switching instead of having kind of these iPhone, these larger iPhones, switching to iPhone minis so that you basically have a mini on a weekend or, you know, you're basically just kind of trying to simplify your current experiences and almost changing your mindset versus having to actually travel somewhere. I, I've not tried any of them, but it's those also seem kind of interesting just given that we almost have to make do with what we have without having to travel too far. I think one experience that folks could benefit more from is the experience of creation and destruction. And I think we felt some of that when we did the wilderness survival, you know, how to create uh, shelter for yourself, but also, you know, taking it down and having to move on. I think there's, there's something that people have lots of experiences when they travel, but, you know, people do kind of miss out in this experience of creation of building something. And I think that's where, you know, Burning Man actually comes into um, a view here where, you know, you're constantly sort of creating and you have to create and you have to create to survive. And I think as knowledge workers, sometimes you don't get to see the fruits of your labor. It, you're constantly doing emails, you're constantly kind of behind a screen, but you're not really making something. There's no visceral sort of touch. I think that's also why one of the reasons why cooking shows and cooking YouTube videos and, and why cooking itself is is such a relaxing phenomenon is because there is a visceral appeal to seeing something go from, you know, raw material into a finished product and having having that experience. I think that's something that, you know, folks can do without leaving their home is go make something, you know, go make a bookshelf or go, you know, fix something in the house. I think those experiences also provide benefit and value. And I think that's something that a lot of folks don't do. Yeah, it's funny. I, I totally agree with you. So now, it, I kind of go into these waves where like I, I signed up for masterclass and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like how you make the salmon, how they do that or, you know, all the all the other amazing experiences. And sometimes there's always this interesting balance where you get, in a, you get a very high appreciation for the work because A, you're, it's, it's visually stimulating. B, you feel all these sensory parts of your body that are all working together to create this amazing experience. And then you have the finished product. And then sometimes there's more joy in the experience of making it than actually tasting it. And then finally, when you taste it, you're like, I don't know if it was worth all that work. But they, the joy was from that journey. I, I guess, how do you rationalize when the journey is more exciting than the destination? And then you almost want to have that experience in a smaller dosage, knowing that, oh, if I want to do this again, it's going to take me all of this prep work again. For me, what's exciting and kind of the visceral moment is actually prep. So getting everything ready um, before the main event. And so usually when I kind of go to the kitchen or if someone's cooking, I will volunteer to prep for everything, right? Cut the onions, prep the vegetables, prep whatever needs to be prepped. And for me, that that creativity, that sort of first step of that creation process um, I love being a part of that because I know that I'm going to be able to, you know, be really efficient. Um, I'll be able to do something um, helpful. And then at the same time, you know, I get to watch the other person kind of take over and really, you know, go from, from start to finish, depending on kind of what we're making. Right? So uh, that's something that I really like. Thanks, guys. Now let's move on to the companies we've been looking at this week. So Sunil, you're going to kick us off. With grooming, can you walk us through some of your favorite companies and which one gives the Sunil Halo Drop star of the day? 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, male grooming products, um, everything from, you know, trimming your beard to, you know, oiling your beard and just better skincare, uh, better just body care. I think those types of things are, are really, really important. And where I think India does a really good job of is actually providing those facilities and those products to men uh, far better than I think, and it's much more accepted than I think in, in, in many Western worlds. And so, um, you know, the company that I would love to uh, highlight today is uh, one called The Man Company. Uh, they were founded in uh, Gurgaon in 2015. And basically, they produce things like shaving gels, hair gels, face washes, body washes, shampoos, fragrances. They uh, It's 100% natural oils. And so I think one of the things that's really exciting is, uh, you know, they've, you know, have investors from folks like Imami and others, and uh, they're doing really well. Um, so, you know, my my pick is the uh, the man company. That's pretty exciting. I actually didn't realize this was, was India. I'm going to try some of this stuff. Thanks, Neil. We're going to add a link to the show for the man company. Um, in terms of reconnecting with nature, um, I think the experience economy is growing at about you know, it's, it's going actually as, as millennials are enjoying it. It's by 80, there's a survey that said 80% of millennials would rather buy an experience than they would a product or service. Uh, I think that's a pretty telling sign of what's what's to come. And I think some of the companies that were exciting or bubbled up was one was uh, Moonstone Hammock. They offer camping, glamping, outdoor pursuits, and even live music. Um, and they also have, you know, they're, they're all turned on in different parts in India. Uh, one, they have a great company name, The Unhotel Company. Uh, this was made in 2016 as an experiential travel company. Um, they provide warm, friendly accommodations with character. And it's all about passion, creativity, and learning. I think that's a pretty exciting one. And they also do trips within India, and they also go out outside of India. And then there's Dayor, which is started in 2015. And they create camps, uh, which are technology-friendly, to create great, amazing travel experiences. Uh, they also do tours for motorbikes. I think out of those three... I think the Unhotel is the one I would pick only because I went to the uh, I went to the three websites. I think Unhotel is probably the most easiest to use. Experiences are interesting because you spend so much time focusing on the experience, but it's really about the host. It's really about the group that comes together. But I would definitely encourage people to check out the Unhotel company and try to find a good group of people you can do it with. Awesome. Um, you know, jumping into the uh, alternative meat market investment, Beyond Impossible and other meat substitutes, they've received over a billion dollars in investment in, uh, in July alone from this year. Um, you know, lots more coming, not just from, from the U S but definitely globally. And, you know, this market looks like it could be definitely worth over $140 billion in, in the next 10 years. Analysts at Barclays have predicted that the alternative meat market could grab 10% of the $10 trillion meat market in a decade. Large companies like Nestle and the Kerry Group are either investing in or developing their own plant-based alternatives. I'm sure you saw McDonald's um, has has also mentioned that they're launching their own um, plant-based alternative burger. And so lots of exciting things there. Um, I, I think some of the companies that were uh, pretty interesting, one is called Good Dot, um, which is headquartered in Udaipur. Uh, essentially created out of concern for health um, and animal welfare and the impact of livestock on the planet. Um, you know, they've essentially produced India's first vegan chicken analog. Another one is Good Do, and it's a fast food chain branch of Good Dot. Uh, it was founded in 2018 um, as a vegan kiosk chain. 
and is really pushing, you know, popularizing veganism, caters to local appetites uh, and serves, you know, things like chicken tikka and curry bowls and a vegan burger, um, you know, similarly to the cost of McDonald's meat-based counterpart products. Uh, they've currently got 10 kiosks uh, throughout Udaipur in, in Mumbai. Another one is called um, Oveg. Um, and so this one's based in Jaipur, founded in 2019, you know, essentially looking at um, improving the quality, nutritional quality of protein, which is pretty exciting. It's made using chickpeas, uh, wheat protein, and beetroot, and no synthetic ingredients. Um, so unlike other vegan meat options, you know, you can actually get these uh, products individually or order them on a subscription basis. And so, you know, wouldn't necessarily say it's alternative meat, but yeah. And my favorite was uh, one called Soft Spot. And uh, this is founded in 2018, based in Mumbai. You know, they specialize in 100% vegan cheeses made with coconut and cashew milk, uh, sold in over 40 different retail outlets, partnered with Pizza Express India, uh, to launch a 100% plant-based pizza. So if you know my my love for pizza, you know what what sort of drove me there. And this pizza actually won the uh, won the restaurant a 2019 Vegan Dining Award for the best cheese pizza by Peta India. Well, that's exciting. You can see if you can order some pizza. And now the time we're all waiting for. We're all going to share the tips. Snow, you said you have a very exciting tip. To share everyone. I do. I do have a very exciting tip. I think with the holidays and all of the eating and extra sweets and, and whatnot, you know, you just need to kickstart your day with something a little bit more wholesome. And so um a shout out to Akash Sharma, who's one of our one of our friends out of Bombay. If you don't know who Akash is, he's this really famous sort of director, producer. He's done things like India's Top Model and um, Smarter Than a Fifth Grader out there and a bunch of other things. But, you know, since he's been sheltering in place in uh, Michigan, where he's originally from, uh, he's been making beet kvass. And um, I made a batch of it. It's really good. It's really easy to make. It's basically just fermented beet, beet juice. You put some ginger in there, lemon and whatnot, and... You just let it ferment. Um, lots of lots of recipes out there, but um, it does make you feel really, really good. And you know, you have um, a glass of it in the morning, and uh, you know, I've I've found it helps me with uh, not only my digestion in the day, but it's you know very similar to having a a probiotic drink um, like a kombucha or whatnot. And um, after heavy meals, um, I have found that it helps kind of cut through all of the um, you know the heaviness and uh, really kind of bring me back to equilibrium. So my micro uh, tip of the day is uh, definitely make yourself some beet kvass. It's a very easy way to uh, get through the holidays and, uh, you know, um, feel a little bit better. That's exciting. Krishna, what's, 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 what's your tip? So this is essentially tied to sleep optimization. So building on, you know, the, the aura ring, which we talked about previously, you know, realized that you don't have to go all the way down to an aura ring. So let's say if you want to try to to optimize this. So in um, iOS 14, instead of going to the alarm section, if you if you start with the health app, um, you can tap the sleep section in the summary, and you can essentially set parameters. Uh, so iOS is going to suggest them for you based on how you sleep and and what your waking up schedule and patterns look like. But you can actually 
allow this to do it automatically for you. So it'll mo monitor your normal pattern, make suggestions for you. Um, it'll notice, you know, when you typically go to bed and you put your phone down and when you're waking up and it'll, it'll just keep track of that and make recommendations. So check that out in the help app. That's amazing. Got to turn that on. Uh, my tip is, um, I know, uh, Snail loves his Topo Chico. I mean, I got into different, different kinds of sparkling waters during this break. And there's a company, a friend of mine started called Drink, uh, Drink Sanzo. It's actually pretty cool. It's, it's basically taking the concepts of all these sparkling waters, but giving them an Asian twist to it. So it's all, you know, zero calories. They put the oils in it, but they're putting the oils of like mango and lychee. Um, the mango one tastes pretty exciting and the lychee one actually tastes even better. So if you like those Asian sparkling waters, don't want the sugar, uh, definitely check out some Sanzo. I think you guys will all love it. I actually just had the, uh, the lychee Sanzo yesterday. Nice. See? Yeah, the lychee one's good. And then I have not tried the lime one, but um, yeah. And then the mango one, you know, you got to have mango. Hey, it's Krishna. Thanks for listening to Halo Drop. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone that you think would also enjoy it. For more information, visit our website at halodrop.fm. Mm -hmm.